Hello, and welcome to the Planetary Regeneration Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory Landaway. Welcome to today's episode, folks. Today, I have the pleasure of presenting my friend Finian Makepeace, who's one of the co-founders of Kiss the Ground, the organization, and uh, helped put together the Kiss the Ground film, um, along with, the, the, of course, the directors and a big production team and um, all the other folks who are involved. Um, and Finian and I, and I um, chat a little bit about the film. We chat about a little bit about politics, in this case, not necessarily the, the crazy politics that are polarizing the nation, but, you know, a little bit more focused on policies related to the farm bill and ag- ag- agriculture policies. And then we just sort of touch on that, and then we start moving into the juicy part of the conversation, just as Finian had to hop off. So hopefully I'll get to have him on again. I always find that conversations oftentimes really get... Uh, uh, deep, uh, right around the one hour mark and then, and then, you know, really make some progress. So hopefully I'll be able to have Finian on and start up where we left off. Um, it was great to have Finian on, on the show and I hope to be bringing over some more folks from the Kiss the Ground community as their film has been making lots of, uh, waves and it's been exciting to see regenerative agriculture sort of go one more layer mainstream as many companies are making big pledges and regenerative agriculture is sort of heating up in the agriculture, agro-industrial space. Um, It's nice to see a film that tries to just sort of bring it to earth. And of course, uh, as you'll note in the show, I have my critiques of the film, but of course, I'm just so grateful that they did it. And so um, most of my comments are sort of um, as a a friend and collaborator pointing out things. And it's always hard to know exactly how to land a slightly differing perspective in a way that is truly constructive. And so take all of that pretty lightly. I hope you enjoy today's episode with Finney and Makepeace. Welcome to the Planetary Regeneration Podcast, Finian. I'm stoked to have you on. It's been a while. We haven't, um, we've been on sort of like trapped on opposite sides of the continent during the recent global weirding epidemic. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. And yeah, I miss hanging in with, with you, catching up with you at conferences, which we usually do three or four times a year. So have missed that for sure. Yeah, it'll be good to do a little virtual catch up. And congratulations on the release of the film. Yeah, finally happened. Super stoked. I watched it with um, my in-laws and, and my wife here yesterday, which was oh, great. Great. such a cool, um, such a cool thing. I'm going to pop video off here because I think that might just help. Um, if you want to do the same thing, that's probably good. Yeah, so it was great. I mean, what a beautiful service I think that you guys have done for the world to just sort of capture the the regenerative movement in a inspiring film because it's um yeah, that's just such a part of our culture. It just anchors things. I just felt like it anchored things. So, thank you. Yeah, and that was it was ultimately the intention as as you you're aware, but I don't know how aware the folks listening are. 
when Kiss the Ground learned about this idea, uh, Rylan and I in the beginning, and then Lauren, and um, and then Josh and Rebecca, who made the film, uh, really for us, you know, we weren't farmers, we weren't scientists, we were passionate activist-oriented people and had been for our lives, and this idea came along that was just, you know, how it hits you, it's so shocking and profound, where you're like, how did I not know about this? So the origin of Kiss the Ground, the organization, was really about how do we serve the movement uh, to get the word out. And so though we thought this piece of media would be finished many years ago, um, really its ultimate purpose was to have the idea and the ideas that we had learned and learned from the pioneers of this uh, for the years we've been in it. How do we get that to the people? How do we get that message through? And it was a lot of work, a lot of adjustments, refinement, um, things that got left out that couldn't be fit in, unfortunately. As you can imagine, there's so much content that was missed. And, you know, there's some unfortunate things that were missed that are, are going to be a legacy that they're missed, like uh, some, you know, non-inclusion of, of folks. Uh, it's a primarily white-centric film, once again. So there are things that are really hard for us to swallow, but at the same time, uh, we still feel like it's it's an incredibly powerful tool that does give a glimpse and evidence around these key ideas around the regenerative agriculture movement that if you just learned around, let's say, the climate conversation, you might not learn about small water cycles. So we're really happy that there is enough of these really cutting-edge principles and concepts included so that people, no matter where they're coming from, are going to have some sort of aha moment or a new view around looking at the future. Yeah, right on. So how has the response been so far? Better than uh, we prepared for, I guess, is the easiest way to say it. Uh, we were definitely looking, preparing for um, more naysaying than has been happening, uh, which is really, we're really grateful for. Um, a lot of the critiques have been a part of an even bigger general, um, very good uh, review of the film. So as you know, you or I would probably pick some things about the film if we were reviewing it and say they missed this, they missed that. Uh, generally, nearly every review has been overwhelmingly positive with a few sharp critiques about certain things that we oftentimes either have to just talk with that reporter and say, oh, you missed this. Okay, let's explain it a little more. Or we say, yeah, we agree that we missed that. So we're really, really ex kind of ecstatic that it's been so positive uh, and so many outlets um, are continuing to do press about it. Usually it's a, a big press push for the day before and the day of a launch. And uh, we're having an amazing amount of momentum still uh, this time later. Super curious. Can you share anything about, like, do you know anything about your, your view stats on Netflix? Those are tough. From what I've heard, you don't, it's kind of up to them whether they share with people or not. Um, sometimes when things kind of jump outside the margins and, and are anomalies, they do share them for their own benefit. But what I've heard is that they're us it's usually up to them. Uh, you, it's not like the world has access or anyone has access to those, to those right. numbers. Right, right, right. But well, we're hearing certain. great things. I mean, one of the most cool phenomenons for us was uh, that we had regen, uh, kiss the ground. India was trending on Twitter for many days and the film really caught fire over there and is still uh, doing a lot of big things over in India. So 
that's an example. Like we didn't expect any of that. And that was kind of an amazing anomaly of uh, a country pushing it through celebrity channels, et cetera. And it was really cool to watch it blossom over there. Awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Um, what's next? What are you, are you like, is it sort of just uh, all hands on deck to, to deal with the incoming interest and engagement or are you already moving on to what's next? Yeah. Part, part both for me uh, as the policy director and lead educator, I have kind of multiple roles in the org right now. So we did a lot of preparation for fielding and getting ready to field the, the onslaught of new people, interests, where to push them. We just launched the new soil advocate training program that can scale. So we used to do those individually, one at a time, live versions of that course. And now that's in an evergreen platform. So it can accommodate for as many people as are interested. And then we have more courses coming. Uh, we're directing farmers into uh, our farmland program and landowners to be able to get into that as well. Uh, we're going to be working with uh, the Nature Conservancy on expanding uh, the farm, the land owning side, access to helping their farm managers or farmers manage land better. Uh, so a lot of promising things moving forward, but we're really trying to always look at how are we helping to scale this in terms of people being involved. So another fun thing that we just launched last week was soilpolicyaction.us which is a combination of our work and uh, Nerds for Earth and, and a Farmer's Footprint, and there'll be more nonprofit organizations uh, attaching to that. That's basically an uh, open-source uh, policy activation station for people to find what's happening in their state, if they're U.S.-based, uh, federally, or, or what they can do locally, um, and also be able to immediately connect and correspond with their representatives to even, let's say, tweet at them, hey, you want to kiss the ground in the movie, or hey, can I interest you in soil health, uh, but just really activating all levels of advocacy. So we're really looking at like multiple ways that we're trying not to just do massive amounts of email responses. So number one has been the Find Your Path tool. Unfortunately, we didn't launch that right with the film launch. It's uh, got delayed. Uh, it should be out by next week. But that's a way that you can do it right now, but it's mostly catered to kiss the ground and the expansion of the find your path tool. We have multiple partner organizations from around the world and the, the wizard that that is, it's a, it's an online wizard where basically people just click their interests about themselves, meaning like background profession and then where they are. And they're, they're going to be given three to four, sometimes five recommendations of actions they can take that are specifically designed for them based on their interest and, and background. So that's really exciting as a, as a way it's called find your path. It's on kiss the uh, And then, like I mentioned, soil advocate training just launched next week. We're going to be promoting the wait list for uh, soil health Academy's new regen 101, which is just super basic online uh, version of the basics of regenerative ag before you get to take any of the infield uh, versions of their courses for farmers. And then, uh, uh, like I mentioned, the, the policy stuff. So a lot of it is, Gregory, has just been the, the big amount of work that we were doing before the launch and now a little bit during was setting up to be able to handle the influx of more people and have them find their way in this movement and be activated participants versus always just slugging through 
people <laughs> inquiring through email. So yes. yeah, a lot of that work was, it was a major push to get all those things prepared and ready. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Movement building. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of work to, you know, especially in times like this where people are sort of like getting more fragmented and polarized and atomized mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. separate. It's kind of going against the grain to try to bring people together and get them engaged and kind of working meaningfully together towards something. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of people are saying that this, this movement does show a beacon of light for, a different type of common ground experience where a lot of those things are dropped at the door, so to speak. And we put those things aside and we work with people, you know, I think both of us can attest to like who we're working with. We don't have those ideological conversations much. We're looking at bigger kind of beyond that type of conversations that we're all working together to promote a better relationship with our land. So, yeah, I'm curious just, uh, you know, on that topic, how, how do you, you know, at, at this moment in time, because I know you're also, you know, kind of a political guy and, um, w you know, w where do you draw the threshold around, you know, sort of the, the, the big tent unification of people of all walks of life or political leanings or, you know, all, all creeds, um, and races and just like the big tent, everybody, we all have a common home. We all eat mm -hmm. food from the soil approach versus, you know, where are maybe there are things that we, we do have to be political about, or we do need to, you know, have e equity issues or whatever it is. I'm just curious in, in this moment, how that's all landing for you and where you kind of personally as an individual, I mean, and it, I mean, I know it's always hard to separate because you're a co-founder and, a leader in an organization, but you know, I'm, yeah, I'm mostly curious about what Finian's thinking right now. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I am not, I don't think I'm not shifting any of my interactions. I still have my accounts on Instagram and, and Facebook, for example, where I'm often trying times trying to remind people of uh, some of the critical threats to our democracy and our kind of, um, progression, uh, which is now in many cases having degression going on, um, but looking at where, where we're saying, really are we trying on? And, and the best success I've had at this, usually when I can have one-on-one -on -one or individual conversations, is people walking in someone else's shoes. And whether that's in you know a relationship with your significant other or it's politically around a certain people's experience. When you actually do walk in someone else's shoes and, and try it on and then try it on for your daughters or sons, if that was their experience, most people can have a reflection there that does shift their tenacity of, of potential hatred of what someone's experiencing on, on any side, on any walk of, of life. So I think behind the curtain, oftentimes there's, there's anger and frustration, um, but we do have a lot of common experiences. So I'm, I'm really unabashed at saying some of the, the ludicrousness of things that are going on uh, around us that are kind of taking the fabric of our country down, um, at the same time trying to allow for the pathways for people to, to see that there is a, a collective will that could supersede just like the 
the general tendency that we've been favoring the multi-billionaire class uh, at the, despite all of all of us, uh, for example. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting debates, and where Kiss the Ground comes in is a lot of times the organization is who is at the core of the organization. We're not we're not trying to BS anybody about what our beliefs are or what our our thinking is, but we're kind of a a group of people who likes to resolve conflict or likes to bring people together and see different possibilities. So, um, yeah, for example, you know, bringing vegans and regenerative grazing people together, we've been a big part of doing that. That's a, that's a potential area of just people disagreeing for disagreement's sake versus actually getting to a point of understanding and, and bigger aha moments around where people are at and understanding instead of just laughing at the other side as if they're stupid um, or ignorant. Um, there's so much room for expansion on all sides. And that's Wait. where we can be, we can, you know, we can all stand there together and, and say, okay, well let's, let's let me, let me moderate this for you. How does it feel like, do you have a sense of how, I mean, I guess in today's climate, one of the things I've been worried about, and, and then there's been certain things that I, I'm sure you saw, for instance, um, uh, Joel Salatin kind of getting called out and kind of mm-hmm. canceled <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, I'm just curious. I guess I have a, I, I, I have this yearning desire. I've had this, and maybe I'm like overly idealistic or something, but there was a while that I just was like, you know what, you know, the soil, just the sort of this larger empirical fact and this larger common ground, this mm-hmm. soil health and regeneration and, and a better world for our kids, ah, it's going to sort of be this universal solvent. And mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to, depolarize some of these conversations and you know in today's climate i just feel like there's like there's there's on two sides there's there's sort of reactivity oh yeah, oh, yeah. throwing baby out with the bathwaterness, and i oh. can sort of see well yeah i would just know, we're up we're up for a bigger challenge yeah i totally agree with you and that's we're, we're kind of just like oh wow it's a bigger challenge by far now because if you watch the social dilemma, for example, it's yeah. people are being exploited by their tendencies to look at things that they're already closer to and connected with. So we're, we're, we're I'm up so glad that that doc came out at the same time as, as yeah. this round, actually, yeah. because I actually think for, for me, Regen Network is at actually like what we're trying to do in terms of just creating um, information parity and mm. sort of rigor around what's happening in an ecosystem as the foundational piece in a sort of post-truth world where people are just sort of like, you know, like people can't even agree on the the basic foundation. It's like, that's why we really wanted to start with, you know, information technology as it applies to ecological health and agreements about that. And just like, so to me, those, these two coming out right now, I'm like, yeah, you know, the, you put a Venn diagram over that and yeah, network yeah, is sitting, yeah. trying to unify the wisdom of these two spheres so that we can have some common ground. Anyway, I, where I was going with my question earlier is I just, you know, I'm just curious what, like, if, you, if you're walking away with sort of like inspiration and seeing the 
being feeling like people are seeing the humanness in you and you're seeing humanness in other people because i could just sort of see that there's yeah the, the way the polarization is happening right now i could just see that there's this voice from you know you know, some farmer somewhere is just going to be like, oh, these liberal elites or whatever that are just coming yeah. to tell us blah, 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 blah. And I'm just curious, is that actually happening? Or is that like what I'm fearing is going to happen because I'm kind of tense about everything, feeling like everybody's trying to throw glass, uh, throw rocks at each other? Yeah, there, there, there is a fight happening right now. So we're, we're, we're no longer in the, you know, the rocks aren't on the ground. Rocks are in people's hands, metaphorically, right? Yeah. So we're, we're at that heightened state and what, where, we, where we are and I think what's so interesting in the country right now is that, you know, if you think about the country as a family unit, you know, just going with the metaphor for that for a second, you see pretty obviously if there is instigation and or ignoring, you know, my wife's a therapist, tons of these psychological things I'm, I'm learning over these past few years now. Um, but that metaphor, when you have the country leadership sometimes not doing the work to heal and acknowledge, mm. things boil on, mm -hmm. on many sides. And that's where that, you know, different types of parenting, like strong arm versus acknowledgement type of stuff that we've learned in psychology, you know, significantly over the many years here. Um, you know, that's kind of what we're, what we're looking at. And that's where the, the tendency of people now have picked up rocks to defend themselves as siblings might, if a parent hasn't stepped in, kneeled down and looked him in the eyes and been like, what's going on? Oh, I hear you. Did, do you hear that your brother's hurting here? Oh, you, you hurt. Oh, cause you, you know, like that's the role of the, the metaphor of the parent to do. And I think that's bit what's been missing and why we're, why we're boiling and boiling and boiling right now is a part because that is lacking. And, and it is, right. so crucial. I mean, we are yeah. in a, in a democracy that does have uh, everyone paying a bit of allegiance to this kind of family esque uh, you know, power structure and therefore the responsibility at the top is much more significant and needs to be carried with the weight because generally the population is listening and feeling that way. So that's where I feel like the, the kind of the boiling points going because there isn't a, a desire or an adequacy to, to handle that and to, to make those acknowledgements heard because the essence and at the core of so much of it is struggle and, and not being heard that affects people to the core that they're willing to throw the rocks. So totally. It's such an important thing to just, people just, it's such a depolarizing act to just say, I hear you and I acknowledge right. that what you're saying is right. true and important. And you're hurt in this, and that can be on multiple sides. And, uh, and that's where, you know, and those of us who, for example, might not have, live with or might not have a, a close enough perspective we might have let's say some people be like oh i have black friends i have this be like well it's possible that the atmosphere of our entire nation for the many hundreds of years here that person might not have felt okay sharing the burden of their lives with you to the extent that it is so you might have gotten a a fraction over the years of how that struggle is for them and now that this is riper and they're feeling supported and willing to share about it, you're all of a sudden like, well, 
why didn't you tell me years ago? I had no idea. You're like, well, it wasn't really the atmosphere <laughs> ever uh, in this country to, to be able to share what it's been like on that other side. We didn't have video cameras on our phones to, to document some of the atrocities, to make them real. I mean, if we remember the 60s of why a big reason the civil rights movement ended up happening with, with white people was because they finally actually saw dogs and fire hoses on people. They're like, wait, how does this not weigh on my conscience right now? And they were, they were awoken to act and to try to help. So I feel like right now we're in one of those stages where it's kind of been like pretending it's, it's something that doesn't exist anymore, not just for people who are, you know, what we would might call like trying to remain ignorant of racism, but people who are thinking that racism wasn't quite as bad as it was. And I have people in my family, you know, people I love dearly of just like, they don't live with a person of color and therefore they don't get the insight quite as much. And I think all of us have to check into where have I been potentially lacking a little bit listening to this certain AM radio station or that AM radio station. Maybe that's lacked a bit of complete perspective giving uh, for me. So maybe I am biased or maybe I haven't been given the whole perspective and how can I open on, on multiple fronts. That's where I feel like all of us can open up and hear the angst and frustration of regulation that farmers are up against, right? Like, why am I not allowed to do this? I'm trying to go regenerative. It's, it's illegal to do this or that. And the people just drop the, you know, just give up because it's like, oh, this is all against me. And that's where we need to listen to everybody. Everybody needs to be listened to because the, the situation with extreme wealth at the top right now is, 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 is making everyone frustrated and fearful and feel like there's no safety net for them. So we're in a, we're in a fragile place, Gregory. We really are. Totally. I mean, uh, it's pretty frightening having a young, you know, I know you also have a little one and having a young family in, in the U.S. today. It's sort of yeah. I sometimes feel a little bipolar, you know, day to day, every day I'm getting up and working and doing my best to, you know, kind of further this transformative approach to, you know, agriculture and land and really societal really it kind of hits on all cylinders if 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 we're willing to approach it that way meanwhile it just feels like you know then i come back and i like look at twitter or whatever i mean i don't really watch the news but i i uh whatever ways that it sort of infiltrates into my reality the the urgency and the polarization right. and the rock throwing and it's just it's quite scary i mean i'm definitely alarmed and a little bit worried i've been um yeah the the term civil war has been coming up so much that i'm just like oh my god really <laughs> yeah it's it's as, as scary as it is it's um there's there's a seriousness that we have to take this yeah that's, that's where i feel fully. like the, res, the responsibility um and that's where you know I personally think, and I know from experience, I, I say I know, meaning like probably not scientific basis for this, but there are certain people who are able to be in the position of hearing from multiple sides and moderating and, and, and simmering down tensions. Mm -hmm. And some people are, are terrible at it. You know, mm -hmm. we, it's just like, that's not your skill set, And we desperately need someone and, and people who aren't just talking the talk. And that's where 
this this multiple side of it where you're like when you're more skilled at this it's like yes you know what is the person who's a vegan who's experienced this and been at a hog farm and heard the hogs squealing for their their uh you know them each other and themselves and like heard that pain and been like i'm not going to eat pork anymore and someone else laughing at them be like ah oh, you you're just crazy and it's like no that's a real experience they had and then someone else who's like I do love my animals. They're a part of the big thing and we do slaughter them. It is painful for us to do. And it's like, if people could hear more of the, the realness, I think what we, what we have to check into and where there's so much, there is so much common ground is for what we want to create in the regenerative world where massive, huge slaughterhouses with just corporation and low paid jo jobs for people working there and these structures that are strangling everybody in in many ways and that's who we're propping up and so i feel like we're for example you know when we call out one side or one person's perspective we're saying where's the hypocrisy and where have you know for example democrats been helping to line the pockets of major corporations far more than than uh uh wall street over main street kind of thing and where have republicans done it it's like look, we, and, and when we're, when we're talking with people online, it's like Jeff Bezos exists. Also Donald Trump pretended he was a billionaire. Like let's talk about some of these issues that have occurred because essentially we've let people with money riddle the system so that they're having an advantage year on year on year. And there's some adjustments to be made. And that's where I think like, for example, supporting the prime act with local processing facilities, mm -hmm. which is, hurting so many small regenerative farmers, hippies or conservatives or whatever, liberal conservative, both sides, there's so much there where it's like, oh, wow, this is actually a great idea because it's something that's significantly missing right now and everyone's being hurt by it with this future that we're trying to develop. So there's, yeah. I think there's a lot of room and there's just common sense and, and people like you and I and, and who are becoming a part of this movement and have been a part of it movement for a long time, that's where I feel like, there's a lot of room for uh, the folks who, who see it all. The holistic thinking is so crucial here, Gregory, because we have had, you know, many a times, and people be like, what do you guys do at Kiss the Ground? Be like, well, part of our work has been having people get each other and not have them just talk amongst their uh, side and, mm -hmm. and point fingers and be like, it's silly, but literally the early years of Kiss the Ground, we were doing that works and still are but like that's kind of crazy that you're dealing with adults and being like guys okay this is what <laughs> so-and-so was trying to say like this is why you know what I mean but you know you, you have to do that because it's crucial to keep this movement and and these ideas available for the whole world yeah totally well so what's uh in in this sort of like moment of peak global weirding and it just keeps every day it's more peak so <laughs> i don't mean that we're there yet but it keeps just kind of like the, the wave is not yet cresting but you know even given all that and, and 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 you know i think i have a lot of international listeners but you know we're sort of both speaking from the u.s american context at the moment <laughs> and all eyes are on us but you know just given all that all the context um what's giving you hope right now like what are you what are you fired up about what are you excited about right now uh it's a great question and I, the immediate response is that people are having the epiphanies 
uh, and old paradigm thinking is is being rattled up a bit and that's where i feel like there's there's a lot of noise there's a lot of frustration but there is a release valve that means a bettering of the world and from scientist comprehending small water cycles or scientist who you know thought carbon drawdown was a hoax or whatever for for soil finally grasping exudates in the whole process like that to me is where there's rich opportunity for shifting and the appreciation so whether you're coming from the scientific corporate version of the world or you're coming from the natural indigenous wisdom uh, training teaching stuff there's stuff for everyone to learn and have available and actually have breakthroughs in what's possible with regenerative agriculture and soil health as, as these fundamental concepts. So I feel like, uh, you know, that's where the, the call out culture is a bit extreme to me at this point. Yeah. It's like, mm. <laughs> guys, we, we have things that this person, uh, okay. Throwing baby out with bathwater, like you mentioned earlier, you're like, what has this person been able to offer, you know, in terms of the thinking on one sphere of this for the world, what is, what is their life's work been about? And then how are, are we, not listening where, where this other side of them. This is just not just an agriculture that's happening all over. So that's where it's like, where can we start to say, oh, if it happened to so-and-so, it could happen to so-and-so. And that's what I'm most hopeful about is like, I am really, really, really frustrated at Bill Gates right now, but I haven't lost hope that he could have a new perspective and understand regeneration. So I'm really frustrated. I'm willing to call him out, willing to play bad cop a bit on what he's doing with, with Africa right now. But at the same time, I'm willing to say, I don't think it's impossible for him to get this because it, it is something you can get if you come from the mechanical thinking uh, that he's in right now. And so that's where it's, there's, there's literally no one out there. I don't think could potentially get these concepts of how nature is really designed that we've been uh, in, in the Western society, especially just been kind of, for going for so long. Well, I do know that he has been pitched, um, you know, at least some versions of the regenerative um, perspective about things. Um, you know. So hope is like 70% lost? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't there and I don't know what was or wasn't said, but I know, you know, at least one gentleman who, who's, you know, kind of philosophically aligned I think who got who you know got to spend some time with him talking you know agriculture technology climate change stuff and um, anyway who knows I, I have a hard time and there's so much also like Bill Gates is also such a polarizing figure you know like is right. he is, is it all a new world order Illuminati plot to you know inject everyone with some sort of you know, thought control serum or, um, <laughs> or is he really just genuinely think that, you know, signed from his scientific mechanistic sort of perspective that vaccines are really good. And so he's just, you know, like, he's just trying to do a good job and we, you know, I mean, like, we do his thing, you know, like, uh, yeah, we won't anyway, necessarily, just, we won't necessarily always know that. And that's yeah, where I feel like, yeah, we, that's where I feel like the, the rising tide metaphor 
and the consistently jumping out of the rising tide to chip on the, the ice block at the top is, is so crucial because one chip or one reminder here versus what's in, for example, and I don't think Bill Gates is the best example, but for this moment, we're talking about him where it's like, what's in his ear of corporate interest being validating or self-validating themselves hmm. on the science side. So you have to think about all of those people, let's call them champions for that. Like we, we do have to not give up and say like, yeah, it's not just going to be Bill Gates, but so many more of these people saying like the, the future of major corporate um, globalistic view uh, is going to have to fall down. And that's the, the sad situation here is that the global model is going to destroy the world based on non-regional sovereignty can't keep harmony for, in my opinion, for, for ongoing hundreds of years. We have to get water, regional water, regional water and food security as paramount for the building out and the regenerating the globe because you're never going to aid yourself out of the, the rate of land degradation we're currently in. And unfortunately, chemicals doesn't, it's, it's just the same thing that we did in the... Wait, wait a second, Finian. So you're saying that having a neoliberal global order, global corporate order, isn't going to be compatible with ecological regeneration? Exactly. Hold on. Hold yeah. the boat. At the same... So here, on the flip side of that, Gregory, at the flip side of that, I am arguing for open source information that people in regions can for example, watch regeneration happening in real time. So using technology and data sets and things, there's, there's the good in the lining. If we're thinking regeneratively, technology can be good. If we're stuck in sustainable degenerative extractive, technology is just going to be going off the cliff still, but you're just going to be supporting less and less people and more, yeah. and more people are going to be at the bottom, 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 bottom. But if we're using the technology for the cause of regeneration and, and regional sovereignty, I believe that technology holds a huge place in it. And that's where we're looking at these, these data sets coming from multiple satellites that are giving us, you know, really a, a vast array of like, well, what does regeneration mean? It means multiple things like you guys are doing. That's where we're working. Christian and I have been talking a lot and it's really exciting what we're proposing here in California because it's going to say this needs to get out of the hands of one corporation, for example, saying we have the solve, it's called these chemicals or whatever. It's like, if we can watch uh, what's happening, regeneration or degeneration in nearly real time, every three to four to five days, getting reports on everything from water purity to, um, you know, all of these indications that will help for risk mitigation and increases water holding capacity, biomass accumulation, all this stuff you'll be able to track where fires are coming every so many things can be available for us right now so uh we get to see where farmers are doing the good work and help support that and that's what i'm really excited about because that to me is what regional uh will build what so many people are saying is like the the single farm entrepreneurial thing also has to be challenged because not everyone has the capacity to be a mega business person uh, on a farm and also farm and also be regenerative and do all blah, 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 blah. Like we have to start looking more regional, uh, for secure food systems as well as, uh, ecosystem regeneration, uh, for the prosperity of that area. And that means communal style things that are going on. 
and there's ways to have those happen that are very similar to how we operate now, but are actually unifying farmers together and bringing in communities and co-ops stuff. So, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I totally resonate. I mean, there, there's a, there's a whole bundle there. I mean, I think from the, you know, life shed bioregion, how do we, um, I, I just have this image in my mind of what would happen in the world if bioregions were competing with one another as sort of like, as, you know, to, to make the most beautiful, holistic, carbon negative, clean water producing, nutrient dense food producing region, you know, with its own uniqueness, you know, and its mm-hmm, unique mm-hmm. terroir, provenance, all of those things. So that the competition itself, it's like, it's not so important who in quotes wins, but everybody's just right. has pride in their place and they're doing their best as a region, as you're saying, I think it's really important to sort of transcend this. But even on a more, on a super practical front, when we look at, you know, Syria, and this is where I get frustrated. And again, it's the holistic conversation. I've, I've been lucky enough to learn from people who've seen the differences happen and done the research of where and how degradation occurred. But you know, the this, this situation in Syria is frustrating for me to sometimes look at people who are like, climate change caused Syria to happen. You're like, okay, what do you mean climate change? Are you talking about nationalizing land and having people who've never managed land in a brittle environment that was already partially degraded, getting land for the first time and degrading it in 10 years, and then having to leave to the cities? Like, is that part of your discussion here? Or are you just saying flooding and drought and fire and terrible war all came from quote-unquote climate change which most people think of mostly as just co2 in the atmosphere so that's where i feel like the the conversation of regional uh risk mitigation and security is fundamental here when we look at the Mm -hmm. trajectory what scientists and many people are saying of how many climate quote-unquote climate refugees we're going to have in the next 20 years it is very alarming and should be super concerning for any nation because it's it's, it is serious. And that's where you look at India, where they've done these regional watershed approach projects, and they have an influx of people from the cities when 30 years ago, nearly everyone left those small villages because they were totally parched and dehydrated. Farmers were committing suicide. They moved to the city and they do these rehydration projects and you can have people move back because there's viable land again. And that's where I feel like the next big conversation is coming with this uh, dehydration versus hydration of landscapes is I think the next big paradigm push that's going to happen for state governments, especially if we start having satellite data that's really reading like, uh, yes, we are this much more dehydrated this year. And it's not just because there's more CO2 in the atmosphere increasing our heating. Oh yeah. Our land is, you know, this stuff. I'm just, I'm yeah, saying. Uh, no, I'm, I think it's right on. I think the hydration and water, the, the, you know, the small water cycle, the landscape hydration, um, you know, soil sponge sort of meme transcending just the carbon yeah. question is, yeah, yeah. is really, really, really important. And, and obviously you can also quantify and account for carbon in that. And it's, it's part of the whole and it's the right. wholeness, you know, just, you just have to keep coming back to what are the, all of the threads that we keep weaving to create a whole tapestry, not just getting fixated on the one single pretty color. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I feel like the, the, the regional and, and statewide 
analysis with satellite stuff is going to be so crucial because just the irony check this irony out i remember talking with the smap you know the the satellite that does the soil moisture probing yeah i remember talking with them nearly four or five years ago and i was like what does this do let me get more details they're like well it makes it so we can find where droughts are coming so that we can prepare for things like food aid to those regions that are going to be stricken with these issues and from the holistic regenerative mindset, that kind of makes your brain go like, wait, what? You're, you're not looking where... <laughs> or you could give that information in real time to the farmers so that they yeah. know how to manage their or land. Or entire so that, states yeah, exactly. or entire things to be like, oh, we're going to have to do major watershed restoration for here because they're... Or for the flip side of it is, wait, if you guys are doing that, can't you and shouldn't you simultaneously be finding where land is getting better? And she was like, oh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I guess we could. And I don't know where that ended up going. But the point is, is that like the framework of thinking regeneratively is vacant. And that's what I, I, I hope yeah. this film did. And I hope it, you know, I wanted much more of it, as you can imagine, Gregory, from, from my perspective, is my favorite conversation and breakthrough for people is when, when the, the light bulb goes up of not just sustaining and not just doing less harm, but really grasping the magnitude of what it means to think and act regeneratively on all fronts and the potentiality of it, of people grasping how fast, how serious, how much, you know, when you go from flooding in Texas because, you know, the surrounding ranches, not just the cities are impermeable with pavement, but the surrounding ranches are infiltrating water at a half an inch an hour uh, based on hundreds of measurements that Dr. Alan Williams did on those ranches. Like that's insane, slow infiltration rate. That means flooding is almost an absolute if you get a high waterfall, rainfall, you in two to three years, you increase that to half an inch in 10 seconds, you've significantly shifted the potential for flooding and drought on that regional scale. And that's where I'm really looking at like this regeneration concept, people thinking regeneratively, not just how do we get uh, to Mad Max slower, but how do we actually regenerate? Yeah. yeah. The biggest oh, yeah. hope I have for the film and for the movement really at large. I think it did a good job. I mean, maybe that meme, maybe that meme could have been hammered home a little bit more, but yeah, uh, I, I tried, I tried, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, just to get, uh, for a brief, um, brief critique of the film. <laughs> um, well, the one thing that got me and obviously there's these and that's and whatever. And, you know, um, Great. It was beautiful. It's a piece of art. What are you going to do? But the one thing that got me that I was like, oh, you guys didn't do that. Please don't do that. Um, was the part in the film where it's talking about the, 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 the Haber process um, or Haber process to, you know, fix nitrogen. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the way in which the images and the narration conflated like, like Haber, Dr. Haber was, died in 1934 and the guy was Jewish. So it sort of just like led the viewer to think that this was sort of like a Nazi conspiracy. And I was like, you guys, <laughs> I was like, come yeah, on. No, it was like the, yeah, I, I totally hear that. And it was, that's again, it's like the, there's a writer of these things. You got to like, so we have our ideas. We're trying to help push different totally, things. Totally, totally a writer and a I know a but I was just I was just space palming I was like yeah yeah because it undermines because I think in today's what that did is it it's such a like hypey thing to do 
like, you, you know, you pull the Nazi card and it's just like in your face and it's like, oh, it gets you right where the gut is and for all the right reasons. But it's just like overhyped a, an otherwise completely accurate point about fertilizer coming from, you know, the military industrial complex and, and the destructive mechanistic view of nature. Like it was all good. And then it was like, oh, you overplayed it. And, and then people start to be like, where else are they doing that? Because it's kind right, of manipulative. Right. So I was. No, I, I, I was hear. Like, I I hear that, and it's you know those the uh, the the art whatever you want to call it. It's this is you're in movie production land with other people who make movies, and so yeah, I totally hear that. And it was it's it's one of those things where it's like yes, there's there are countless parts of this film from my perspective that were like, hey, if we had done that differently, if we had made that, and I had you know there were certain little nuanced things with technicalities with some of the mm -hmm. the way that it was said and that's what i told josh i'm like it's not what you said it's how you said it that might not allow for certain super critical fine toothers like myself to be like oh yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what i mean and that's that's just but i had to kind of give uh, you know there's only so much that you can you can do that i hear you i, hear I you say it in love i say it in love it's like it's like that, it was awesome just, and i was stoked and that and those little things those are on my list, I'm always super attentive to where a, a filmmaker may be manipulating a little bit. And I'm just, you know, I, I, I just don't want, this is like, I want, I want us to be a, above reproach kind of, <laughs> but yeah, right, anyway. Right. All, yeah, no, I, I, it's, 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 uh, and I, I think part of what we could look at on, on another side of the silver lining is different people have different places they're coming from on this. And, that was the toughest thing for me is to to get what awakens people up to the severity of it. And sometimes it's storytelling, sometimes it's shock. But the the really important message that we were trying to make clear to people is right now we're we're swimming, you know, and that's part of that, like let's slap you awake so you're like, whoa, what's going on here? And uh then all of a sudden it's like we're swimming in these toxic chemicals right now. Um, so, so people relating it to like the severity of, you know, that's where it's like that, you know, is that a, is that a bit of a slippery slope where you're trying to get people to grasp that this is death stuff. It's literally all death stuff. And sometimes people think pesticides and herbicides, they don't think of them as death stuff, but sometimes it's like, it is important that we wake up and like, Oh, we have death stuff on our Cheerios. Like we should. Kids should know that. They should be telling their parents, why are you feeding me death stuff on my Cheerios? This is very bad for my gut and all the bio biology in my gut, not just glyphosate, but the other countless amount of, of toxic chemicals. So that's where it's totally. like, And it's know. powerful. And, and I think it did, you know, I was really, you know, I, I was really sitting with that of like, you know, when does, when does, when is hyperbole, when mm. is hyperbole, like useful because it, it disrupts or jars someone and they, you know, and they get the yeah, gist of yeah. it instead of, you know, maybe the facts are a little garbled, but the, but the spirit is intact. So, you know, and that's where I feel, I feel sometimes the, one of the harder things for me and talking about politically and who you're talking to in the regenerative front, it's tough because I only feed my daughter organic food. I know what is in this other stuff. And, it is tough for me sometimes because I'm like, I hear that we're on a transition. We're trying to wean people off. We're, we're going towards this. No-till is, yeah, it's amazing. And it's completely laden in glyphosate on 90% of the time. 
Um, but that's a stage before we get to proper roller crimpers that can be regionally sourced and all this stuff. It's like we have to go somewhere towards better than uh, not having complete ecological shutdown. Um, but just this is where a lot of chestnuts, gets, man. Just plant. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's where I, that's where I feel like the breaking of the mold has to start somewhere. And the, the thing I hope everyone is listening gets is that uh, the wonderful thing, and I hope you can attest to this too. The wonderful thing about this movement is there are on roads for any person I've ever talked to ever. And I've been in this heavily for almost eight years every single person I've been able to find some way to bring them into caring about this and getting them towards an iota towards thinking and understanding the perspective that soil and soil health and regenerative plays in their life. Like I start a lot of my friends being like, Oh, what, let's start with your bread. Did you know that they spray a lot of the bread right before they harvest it with this toxic chemical? Here's a scare tactic, but all I'm asking you to do is just start sourcing just your bread organic. And the uptake of that is really high. People will be like, oh, I can totally start doing that. Oh, wow, this, this bread tastes good. I can do this. And then all of a sudden they're thinking about it. And nine times out of 10, I get a happy report back. You'll know we're now just doing pasture raised eggs. You know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm on the team. I'm trying to play. And giving them one thing that that's achievable in, in instead of just going like, let me lay down the whole concept. So your brain explodes before you even get a chance to start helping. What do you think? So I think one of the things that both of us have worked a, for, for a long time on and, and feels like it's starting to get some traction um, is this sort of, you know, conscious consumerism pathway towards re creating kind of a virtuous, virtuous cycle around linking value to regenerative landscapes through supply and, and all of that. I, I'm curious if you have any comments, I, you know, what needs, what else in order to have a holistic approach needs to be happening right now beyond, beyond not instead of, but beyond sort of the conscious consumerism approach. Um, oh, great. Maybe, and you've already great spoken question. a little bit about policy. So yeah. I want to take that one out too, and maybe we'll circle back around because I want to get your, another layer deeper, your thoughts yeah. about what policy is. But what are you feeling right now? What are we ready to engage with? It's like the next fractal expression of how communities and individuals and organizations, et cetera, can engage right now with, a regenerative transformation? Great question. Um, I want to take one from a note from Dr. Mark Hyman is giving people an opportunity to see that something else is possible. You know, we have a lot of sick people around this country because of what they eat. And in some cases, there's literally not food that they can eat that is healthy. But in a lot of cases, it's the past 50 years of advertising and taking away the concept of cooking at home as good and you know McDonald's is the good thing like there's a lot of backwards conniving marketing that's kind mm -hmm. of perpetuated our separation from quality whole foods so sometimes what he was recommending you know he's been in this for far longer than I have he's saying some of the biggest breakthroughs is when you have the chance to go shopping with your friends and say hey let's do this and then you cook with them and they get to see it happen 
versus, you know, and, and seeing and touching and, and having that experience versus just being told because a lot of people are mimicking either what their parents did or what their siblings did in terms of mm-hmm. what they're buying at the grocery store. And that's just what you buy. And uh, so there's, there's those kind of avenues on the consumer side of going beyond just like buy this stuff. Cause I have to be honest with myself always is like, I went to the supermarket in my twenties. I was in a band, you know, struggling, didn't come from money at all. And I was always looking at the price per whatever that unit weight thing is. It's like, that's what I was looking at. That's how I shopped. Hmm. And yeah, I tried to get relatively healthy food. I wasn't buying the quote unquote SHIT stuff because I knew better than that. But still, if I look back on that, it wasn't thinking about this on a bigger scale and it wasn't having real, real breakthroughs on what I could prepare for myself at a, a cheap rate that was so things like uh, food on a budget. Uh, I think EWG has some really great resources on that that people can find. And we talk about in soil advocate training, how you can, uh, and we interview people and, and who are experts in this and give some advice for people to, to get more connected to that. That's on the consumer side. So it's not just like just buy stuff because it's out of reach for so many people. And if, if it's not out of reach, they think it's out of reach. So how do we break the paradigm of, well, you can actually do some healthy shopping on a budget. Um, but oftentimes it's out of reach. So that's where scaling this and where companies, I think there's a lot of push on companies to do is to really get connected with the global food um, access in the market here where, you know, I, I remember one of the biggest breakthroughs that, that Graham Sate, who was our original inspiration had was finally getting through to the young executives at Dole Corporation that their supply chain in the next 15 to 20 years was severely threatened meaning their ability to keep going as a major food creator curator was look down the line, look down that, that track. You're, I mean, I remember being in cop 21 hearing the uh, executive, whatever his position was at Nestle top of Nestle. He said, you know, we're losing something like, don't quote me on the number, but something like 30 farmers a year they have to replace because the farmers are quitting because their land's too degraded or they're too addicted to chemicals. Their inputs are too high. And so he's like, that is a very bad business model. So we realize that our farmers are part of our company. Hello. So yeah. now they're, they were working on how do we have them doing quote unquote more sustainable farming practices. And that's where I feel like regenerative farming practices implemented. Now, if you look at 20 years out for, for large corporations, they have to get that this is going, you know, the dust bowl is just right on the brink here in the U.S. again, and uh, it's it's going to be belly up. We're losing 30 million acres a year to land degradation. That means it's too degraded to u- utilize and or prop up by chemicals even. So that's the rate. That's a, that's the size of England nearly globally. The size of, globally, globally, every yeah, year, yeah. nearly the size of England gone to land degradation. And no, it's a huge. It's such a big problem, and I, I I'm always frustrated at how how that gets overlooked in the climate conversation. And I, I really hope. That, that one of the things the film can help do is more strongly solidify the role of, you know, in quotes, natural climate solutions, or that is to say, like, right. how we, you know, how we interact as humans with the landscape, because it's such a pivotal role. Finney, and I want to just check in with you. Do you have a hard stop right now? Do we need to... I do. Unfortunately, say- I, have another, I have another meeting um, about carbon markets and things, which you know, you know how those meetings go. Um, 
But I do have a stop and I really appreciate, I always enjoy talking with you and now I realize that you're right, two hours would have been way better. Um, yeah, we just, uh, it's always the case. We just like really start getting into the yeah, depth yeah. Uh, about an hour and it's all good. Um, well, let's do it again. Um, I would, I would another, love to. make another time. And, and yeah, the and last I, thing. I want to synergize with, uh, with you guys more. So um, let's also just make time to, to jam. I know you and Christian have been a little bit and, and that's awesome. Yeah, really excited about what's developing. Uh, we're going to be meeting with him and this guy, Jeremy, next week, uh, who did pretty much the same satellite mapping stuff for the oceans with cool. all major big wigs. And that's really exciting to be able to start doing that on the land overview. So, Gregory, the last thing I want to say is, yes, it's, it's businesses. It's people looking at their trajectory down the line. And then it's regionally. Uh, people forget that one of the best, fastest quickest ways that we can make pivots happen is regional purchasing agreements. That's security for the farmers who are transitioning to this or already in it. That's a secure place where they can get uh, an opportunity to sell direct, which is more of the dollar in the pocket of the farmer versus going to a, a middle person. So, you know, schools, you can get a whole school system to go better purchasing guide policy for their uh, whole region. You can do hospitals, you can do all of these programs that are connected to either state or local government that do better purchasing decisions. And that's saying, oh, we've been purchasing federally or internationally. Now we're going to focus more regionally, or now we're going to focus more organic, or now we're going to focus even more regenerative or, oh, it, or regenerative isn't possible. Then let's, let's make it so people who are interested can join regenerative training and then they can start to uh, integrate that and that will be preferenced, et cetera. So purchasing agreements uh i think is a really huge low-hanging fruit option we're, we're moving ahead with a big uh, motion for the city of los angeles on that exact thing integrating regenerative into their good food purchasing guide so people can Rad. look into things like that of course take soil advocate training because we talk about all this stuff and how you can be an epic part of this movement and that just launched on uh, thursday so cool well thanks so much for taking the time finian and to be continued we'll keep the keep the yeah. conversation rolling and uh, thanks so much for all your good work and service and um yeah good good health to you and the family and uh, likewise likewise and touch. thank you it's always amazing seeing what you guys are manifesting out there uh, talk soon brother be well Peace. Right.